0: that can be really really shocking for a new medical student who comes in and doesn't realize this is not like college. This is a whole new ball game. You're drinking from a fire hose. People hear that analogy, they don't get it until they actually see it.
1: It is not so much the information that's presented. It's the amount of information in the that time. volume.
0: She- Did you
1: have that shocking moment, Jania? Yes, I did, because I didn't know about SMA. I didn't have that mentorship and that guidance, having access to somebody that can take you along through their journey. And so it
0: was a shock. All right. What's up, everybody? This is Dr. Renee, and this is another episode of Docs Outside the Box. I have once again hijacked the podcast and have taken over for Doctor Nee. He is actually putting the kids to bed after we had a long day at an indoor water park, and I am my ashy self, um, and doing this interview today with two very, very, very impressive young women uh, from the Student National Medical Association. Um, as you know, we've talked about on the podcast in the past that the Student National Medical Association, or SNMA. Um, is an organization that's very near and dear to my heart. Just a little bit of history. Um, SMA was started in 1964 um, and since then has essentially flourished as one of the biggest um, minority organizations um, dedicated to helping medical students get into medical school. And um getting medical students through medical school as well. So um, one of the things that, you know, maybe I've mentioned on the show before is that I actually was a board member, a national board member of the SNMA. I served as the pre-medical board member my first year on the board. And then I served as the chairperson um, again, the next, the following year that I was on the board. And then I actually served another term as chairperson when I was an attending physician, um, that's another story for another day. Um, but I am diehard SNMA. Um, I was bestowed um the honor of chair emeritus um because I'm so diehard SNMA and am still very involved in the organization. If you guys don't know, I wore a special shirt for this occasion, ladies. And it says, it says, I've got it, do you? And you're like, got what? I got Exynomania. I'm screaming. <laughs> <Acinomania>. Yes. <laughs> so this is a shirt that was made, I think, I was off the board by then. I think I was serving as the strategic planning committee person, whatever. And um, there were a bunch of us who were still Die Hard SNMA, many of many of whom are now Ameritai. We weren't Ameritai back then, but we had this shirt made because we were just so diehard SNMA even after we had graduated. Um, and so I'm so happy to have you both here so we can talk about the upcoming annual medical education conference that's happening in New Orleans, um, talk about the progress on that, talk about the programming that SNMA currently has, um, and any initiatives that you all have put out this year. But really, this is a talk about just resources, right? Like how do pre-meds and medical students appropriately you know, find resources and then appropriately use those resources to get them to the point where they need to go. And particularly, we're talking about Black and brown students, right, Um, when we're talking about the SMA. So I'm going to ask you very quickly, I have today with us um, Miss Jania McFadder, who is our national president elects, which means she's going to be president next year. And then I also have with us Ms. Logan Dean, who is our pre-medical board member, okay, and who is finishing out her term this year, correct? Yeah. So why don't you ladies just go ahead and introduce yourself really quickly. Just tell us, you know, who you are, what school you're going to, um, if you're in school right now, or just kind of what your status is.
1: Yes, go ahead. So I can go. Yeah, I can go, go ahead, ahead and Jania. start. And thank you, Dr. Darko, for having us. I think I'm going to need one of those uh, shirts. I don't know <laughs> if I have to get to a status before, but I definitely need to have one of those made. But yes, I am Jania McFadder. I am our national president-elect of the Student National Medical Association in March I will become the president and it is quickly approaching. Um, But yes, I attend the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine. I'm a third year medical student and SNMA means so much to me. So please reach out to me at presidentelect at SNMA.org. If you have any questions or you want to connect, I would love to, but um, thank you. Good. Thank you so much, Nia.
0: And Logan, go ahead and introduce yourself very quickly.
1: Hi.
2: So, yeah, I'm Logan. And like was mentioned, I'm a pre-medical board member. I am a gap year student or an office student. So I graduated from Georgia State a few years ago now. What, five years ago? Nobody's done. And um, uh, in my uh, email, you know, if you have any questions, it's premedical at sma.org. Um, and I basically, I oversee the pre-medical section, which can mean a variety of things um, uh, for the background of our students and our members um, of the organization for our think,
0: Awesome, awesome. All right, ladies. So like I said, you know, we're going to be talking about kind of resources, right? Um, and one of the things that we know is that getting into medical school, oftentimes when you're asked about, well, how do you get into medical school? Number one, if someone does actually have that answer for you, because not everybody, right? Not everybody gets that answer, right? And not everybody gets the right answer. But if someone does have that answer for you, typically it's like, well, you go through four years of college and then you go through four years of med school, right? Like, and in between there, right, you're going to take your pre-regs and you're going to take the MCAT. Then you get into medical school, right? And then they tell you, then you pick a residency, you know, program or a specialty that you want to go into. Then that specialty will pick you. and Maybe, hopefully, right? <laughs> Fingers crossed, right? And then you become a doctor. And, that, and that's, that's the way that goes. But that doesn't always go that way. Right. I was a non-traditional student. OK. Before I went into medical school, I went to medical school at the age of 27. Um, and so there wasn't necessarily a handbook for me. Right. Who had finished college similar to you, Logan. Right. Where you finish college and it's been like three, four, five years. Like, what are we doing in that time? So, Logan, let me ask you in terms of resources. Right. What is the SMA doing in order to provide resources for those students who may not necessarily fall along that traditional path? um, Because we know that there isn't a handbook. There isn't a way for students to just figure out, well, you know, this is what I'm supposed to be doing with this time that I'm non-traditional. Yeah,
2: so the SMA has uh, a wealth of resources. Oh, with specifically with our gap year post batch members, um, we have a post batch initiative that was started by um, one of our pre medical board members, uh, Miracle Rogers, in the past. Um, and so, with that initiative, it's really grown because the number of gap students have grown. Um, uh-huh. And so, with that initiative, we have um, it works very similar to a uh, match um, because most of our students are not like associated with the an institution anymore. Um, Mm. So we have, um, five monthly meetings. Um, so we have a meeting every first and third Wednesday of each month where we'll uh, tackle a variety of different um, issues that are specific to our gap year students. So like, what do I do during the gap years If I'm trying, you know, if I am independent and I'm responsible for my bills, there's nobody else. So what are y'all doing for jobs? You know, Uh, just to share our experiences. And also we have, um, because again our pre-medical section is such a wide variety of backgrounds you have people that are currently parents and trying to figure out how to navigate being a parent and getting into medical school you have people who are caregivers of family members who may not be like their child it might be like a grandparent that they're mm-hmm. um, caring for and so being in community with people who are um, having similar experience and we're all having like the same end goal of getting into medical school and then becoming a physician, I think has really built a community around these students who are or members who are no longer like associated with the institution where you can find a little bit more or like the resources are more like in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that we're doing a good job with our programming like the post-bacumen today. And then on top of that, we have a lot of scholarships um that uh funnel through our organization, not only at the national level, but at the regional levels as well. And so for example, uh, can I name drop bosses on here? You can name drop whoever <laughs> you want. This is our podcast right here. You know what I'm saying? Shoot, like, wait, dude, that's okay. Maybe they sponsor it? the show, okay? <laughs> um <laughs> but like we have a scholarship through blueprint where we can uh Give out those scholarships for uh, students where you don't have to come out a thousand, two thousand dollars to pay mm-hmm. for impact um, prep courses. And so I think SMA is doing a good job as far as filling in that gap for our gap year students or members.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I just remember being a, a non traditional pre med and trying to figure out like where I was going to be able to. Just find community, find, you know, resources. Luckily for me, I did end up in a chapter. So for those of you who may not know how SMA is set up, so SMA has chapters. And so let's start with with the medical school chapters, right? So each medical school potentially might have a chapter of medical students, but there's also a pre-med arm where you have colleges around the country that also have chapters. But If you are someone like Logan, who you may not necessarily be in school at this particular point in time, but you are still considered a pre-med because your path is leading you to medical school and then eventually to medicine, then what do you do if you're not in a chapter? And I'll tell you, before technology was what it is right now, me as a pre-medical board member, that was one of the things that I struggled with was trying to figure out well, what do we do with these students, you know, who are out there? And we knew that they were out there, but the technology just wasn't there to be able to capture them. So I'm so glad that now SMA has really um, taken a lot of its own initiative to create this initiative. And I remember when Miracle Rogers was doing this initiative because this was something that she ran past me. And I was like, this is awesome, right? Um, and I'm glad that it continues through. So, I, I you know, I, it's it's really something that I hope continues on and on and on um, because it, it really is needed because there are so many students out there who do need that help. So thank you for sharing that. And as far as medical students are concerned, for the most part, for the most part, if you are at a school where you have an SMA chapter, typically... Typically I think you have you have access to a lot of resources. Um but I will tell you this, right? Because I was at a school where, yeah, we had an SMA chapter and you have access to resources. But there's always this challenge of actually accessing the resources, right? Actually, figuring out that you you need like you need this resource there's something that happens there's a transition I don't know if you guys agree with me or not but there's a transition I think that happens when you're pre-med and you're like I'm so desperate I want to get into medical school I need a mentor I gotta you know I gotta do this I gotta do that I gotta meet this person meet that person go to this conference go to that conference then you get into medical school and you think oh I got this I got that I don't need no help no more Jania or J- sorry, Jania, Jania, <laughs> Jania. Tell me, do you see that transition? Um, what do you think that is? And what do you think that the SNMA can do to be able to like convey to students that listen, the resources don't stop. Or the need for resources don't stop just because you got into medical school. Like, you're now you're not, you, you know, you didn't all of a sudden just come into your own and now you don't need any help anymore. Like, what could, what is the SMA doing to ensure that students understand that this is probably the time when you get into medical school, that that's the time where you actually really need a lot of the resources?
1: Thank you, Dr. Darko, for asking the question. I myself was a non-traditional student. So I did a master's after undergrad, coached basketball for a year, did a post-bacc program um, all before going to medical school. So I didn't know about SMA before medical school. So I'm somebody that's coming from the experience and background of like mm. knowing the importance of having SMA from the beginning of your journey. So When I got to medical school, I joined my local chapter at the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine. And when I tell you that there's like an unspoken word and an unspoken like language when you get here to this, you know, to this point of all that you need to do. And nobody tells (laughs) you it if you don't know where to look and if you don't have the right people in your corner. And so SMA, that's our entire mission. So, you know, I have to as national president elect say our mission Student National Medical Association is committed to supporting current and future underrepresented minority medical students, addressing the needs of underserved communities, and increasing the number of clinically excellent, culturally competent, and socially conscious physicians. And the reason that I state that mission and that we state the mission before every meeting, as you probably remember, Dr. Darko, Mm -hmm, as well, but it's because we really hold true to that mission. It's our reminder to continue those efforts because it's so needed right? So these resources and, you know, things that you don't know about, you get to medical school and you have to learn everything all over again. Like, and so to match, we need to know what we need to do as medical students to one, be prepared in our studies Two, be great candidates, three, carry out our personal missions and what, you know, we bring to medicine as individuals Mm -hmm. and go from there. So, that's why I think, you know, SMA and its resources are so vital to continuing your success because you're successful being in college, you're successful graduating, you're successful applying to medical school, even if you don't get in, because guess what? There's people who just gave up right. and you're successful when you do get in and you apply and you have to continue to be successful as a medical student and on, I'm sure, as you know, Dr. Darko. Yeah. When you're a, a, a practicing physician as well. So, Oh, yeah, absolutely. I
0: mean, it doesn't stop. Right. Like, you know, it just the resources. Right. The need for resources actually never stops. You know, and that is, I think, one of the really grave mistakes that people make. Right. Some people start making that mistake as their pre-med students. Right. And I can tell you, I was I was guilty of that, even as a pre-med student, which is probably why I ended up as a non-traditional student, right? That was at least my story, why I ended up as a non-traditional student, because I didn't realize that, yo, you, you need resources. You have to actually talk with people. You actually have to look things up. You don't know everything. Everything doesn't just, you know, everything is not intuitive necessarily, right? And so, When I finally learned that lesson, it was a hard lesson, but I did finally learn that lesson. But I'll tell you, it was one lesson that I didn't forget because when I went into medical school, I made sure that I continued on. But I had classmates who unfortunately, you know, didn't necessarily learn that lesson and didn't learn that lesson the hard way um, through a dismissal, you know, Um, and through just other, you know, other challenges that they may have been able to actually kind of avoid had they understood that listen these resources are here like resources aren't necessarily um they're not for the weak let's just put it like that right because we know that listen I got my phone right here and I will tell you on this phone sometimes I get the emergency help me I'm not doing so well and it's like yeah, but you knew that six months ago, right? So you know, so I, you know, I definitely I, that might have been one of them right now. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, not. <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully not. Hopefully um, not. But yeah, I mean, tell us about you know, tell us about some of the resources, um, Jania, that you know some some medical students. Um, have been using in terms of, you know, um, maybe academics or, you know, academic supplementals um, or even networking that you think have really helped them through the SNMA, obviously, have really helped them to succeed in reaching their goals, whether it be through, um, you know, doing well on boards or being able to match? What are some of the resources that SNMA has to offer?
1: Ooh, there's a whole, there's a whole slew of resources. Like if I could just go and name just a few, but we have, you know, partnerships with outside organizations for board prep. Um, I know Logan mentioned Blueprint, Um, you know, for pre-med, but Blueprint uh-huh. also does stuff for USMLE boards and stuff like that. Um, So we are part- actively partnering with outside organizations for, you know, board and study prep with our National Leadership Institute and our annual medical education conference conferences, the programming that goes into that is very thoughtful and crafted in a way that we really are gearing this programming to what our students need, right? And so some of these resources can just be, as you said, networking, we meet a lot of people at these conferences, but there's also, you know, things like our sowing seeds uh, channel that goes on in our uh, sowing seeds talks that happen periodically with different specialty interest groups that students can join and hear different discussions from different physicians and different walks of lives so on different paths and stuff like that. Um, and that's also an opportunity to network. And AMEC, I would say, is one of our biggest opportunities to network. And if you haven't been to AMEC, I highly suggest. You attend, and if you missed registration this year, which we're not going to talk about because Dr. Parker already has <laughs> on that, we, um, we have we
0: have we have knocked that yes, horse dead. Okay, yes.
1: but I will say, be prepared to be at AMEC in St. Louis for 2025 because that's a whole host of resources that the Student National Medical Association provides, and you know that's just touching the surface of that. So. I think that, you know, I I could list so many, but there's so much that we do, Um, different scholarships. I know Logan mentioned one for those students who are kind of in their gap years, our international affairs committees. They have a scholarship as well. And, you know, this is something that for my executive agenda, for my presidential term, um, we are definitely focusing on notifying every one of those resources so that students are much more aware um, mm-hmm. of what we really have to offer. So I think sometimes it's not about, you know, lacking in any of any resources. It's about finding ways and avenues so that people are aware of these resources. And that's something yeah. that we are, you know, working to improve. We always want to just keep elevating um, and keep, you know, taking its new heights with what we do for s But there's a host of resources, and I highly encourage you all to check out our social media pages, um, as well as our website at sinthemed.org for the latest opportunities and resources that we have available.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you, you know, you mentioned AMEC Um, The annual medical education conference um, sold out this year, which is a great thing. So we have so many people who are going to attend from pre-med students to medical students to exhibitors for residency programs and medical schools. Um, And like you said, you know, next year in St. Louis, right, people really should start planning um, to go because it's going to be amazing. And actually, St. Louis was my first AMAC when I was premedical board member. Um, uh, at least it was my first AMAC as a you know as a board member. My first, first, first AMAC as a premed student, as a nontraditional premed, was actually in Atlanta, uh, hot Atlanta. So, uh, <laughs> that's, that's
2: what nobody says that down here.
0: Nobody says that <laughs> down. Well, everybody say that somewhere <laughs> else. Okay. <laughs> Cause it's cold over here in New Jersey. So it better be hot in Atlanta. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Because here in
1: PA, we don't. It's Atlanta.
0: It's, <laughs> right. it's Atlanta. Okay. We 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 got aspirations. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is this is um this is I think a really good point that you made, right? It's not so much because oftentimes we talk about a lack of resources. And there oftentimes isn't necessarily a lack of resources. It's just knowing about the resources. So I'm glad you, you know, kind of ran down that list of resources that the SMA has and understanding that that was just a very short list, right? Like that's not the exhaustive list. And so the more and more you get involved with the organization, the more you will find, um, you know, that will come your way to be able to fulfill whatever need that you have. Um, in terms of, On the pre-med side, um, Logan, what are some of the workshops that you think this year um, that the pre-meds can look forward to and some of the other activities that you might have ongoing this year at the annual medical education conference?
2: Yeah, so um, I think that students will look forward to one of the hot sessions last year. last AMEC, or that was last year, yeah, last year, <laughs> um, was the impact strategy session, Um mm. so I think that a lot of our, you know, a lot of times when we go to conferences or even, like, webinars, it's like giving you an overview of the impact, and I think it's kind of like, we got that part, and so it's more so focusing on strategies to help you tackle the impact, and right. I think that's why it was so well received last year, Um because it's not just an overview of this is the like and this I mean uh, sex this is, you know, section. It was like giving you strategies on how to um uh improve, you know, um why you're taking the test. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some other ones, like I think that um the international student social panel is always interesting the duo um panels. We have MD versus duo. Um students really like to hear from current medical students.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: And so a lot of those channels uh, bring forth a lot of, like, excitement, energy, um, and motivation to to see people uh, at that next stage that you want to get. So I think that especially the the student panels are the big ones that students kind of rave about. At least I have heard in the past.
0: Yeah, no, I, no, I totally agree. Like medical students are a great resource, right? For pre-med students, just like residents are a great resource for medical, you know, for medical students, right? So, you know, when a pre-med sees a medical student, because they're in such close proximity, right? To, you know, to one another, it's like, well, you were once me, you know, just a year or two or three or even four years ago. But, you are now here where I want to be, right? And so that proximity, you know, in status, um, at least student status, is really something to kind of um, allow students to know that it is possible, right? I remember walking through in Atlanta, my first, you know, my first AMAC and stuff like that, and just meeting so many medical students, seeing so many medical students, seeing medical student leaders and thinking, wow, like, you know, this is something that is really just amazing. And just kind of, you almost envision yourself in their shoes, right? You almost envision yourself in their shoes, like, man, this could be me, you know, in a couple of years, in a year or whatever. Um, And so I think that's something that is not to be underestimated is that, yeah, you can do a lot of programming and programming is great, but just the the people, right, the the actual human capital, right, in terms of programming, right, that is really important in, in having someone who can tell you, um, you know, here's my journey, especially if it's similar to your journey, you know, you can kind of relate to that. Um, so yeah, that, that to me, I think was one of the most important parts of AMAC. Um, and I think, you know, you don't just get that at AMAC, right? As a, as a pre-med student, right? Especially if you are in a MAPS chapter that is connected with a medical school chapter, right? So not every MAPS chapter is connected to a medical school chapter. So we know that, but there are medical school chapters and and MAPS chapters that work closely together, especially if they're part of the same institution, Right. And so, you know, Logan, if you could just tell us, you know, just quickly how that works so people understand, especially if we have pre meds out there who are affiliated with an institution, but don't realize that they have a MAPS chapter and that that MAPS chapter, especially, might be, you know, connected or in some way affiliated with an SMA chapter. If you can just tell us how that works.
2: Yeah. So um, I think that, uh, one, it was, I think it's helpful to, um, I think it's called like the student engagement office or something like that. And just checking your list of clubs. Cause sometimes mm-hmm. people will like email me like, hey, I'm trying to find math after XYZ. Like there's a factor there. Need- right. <laughs> Let's like get you connected with folks. Um, <laughs> right. And so I think one, just like double checking your university's like resources to make sure that you're not trying to reinvent the wheel and then getting involved with your math chapter, whether that be as a general member or a board member for that chapter. Um, and the way that uh, the uh, math chapters are connected with the SMA chapters, it kind of varies, but for the most part, um, your regional leaders will try to get you in contact mm-hmm. with uh, a SMA chapter that is either like near your school or like in that same area, because um, they like for them to be in close proximity. Um, but it's kind of up to the the students at the math chapter and the students at the SMA chapter to keep that bond or build it. Um, right. so for example, I'm, I know I can give that when I was at Georgia State, um, uh, 2018, 2018. Uh, <laughs> so we had a great relationship with Morehouse, um, to the point where, um, the SMA chapter there had invited us to do what we called sit-ins. And so we would sit in, uh, they would have, I think, a group of five, even some of five. Matt chapter student from Georgia State that was sit in the lecture with mm. uh one of the medical students. So we got to see like a uh, actual medical school lecture. And it was first of all, not what I was expecting at all. <laughs> it was so <laughs> long, so many slides. But um
0: <laughs> Yeah, this ain't college. <laughs>
2: yeah, i was like bro, what, what number five is she on
0: <laughs> number so, sixty two. And, exactly. and, and we only five minutes in
2: yes oh my god God. so um i think that is um very um helpful though like seeing that because you know you can talk about the experience but being able to like really immerse yourself because you know they all every medical school i don't know how this is gonna sound but every medical Mm -hmm. school when you have like an open house or whatever they are putting on their best suit their best front that they can and so you're not really seeing the true environment First things like when we were going to that medical yes. school lecture, and you know we are seeing that you're going through hundred slides. <laughs> right, and we're like, wait a second, <laughs> nobody taught us this part. <laughs> yeah, um, so you know, just continuing to build that that um, relationship because the regional leadership uh, does very well in trying to connect people, but keeping the relationship is really on the the map chapters, yeah, and the uh, SMA chapter and the map chapter.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, you're right, right? Because at this AMAC, right, there's going to be 60-some-odd medical schools there. And, you know, yeah, you're right, right? Everybody's going to be like, yes, this is our program. This is kind of what we do. And they give you the the big overview. But there is something about the backstage pass, right? <laughs> that If you don't have that backstage pass with a medical student who's like, Let me take you behind the curtain so you can really see uh, what Drake is wearing underneath his shorts, right? (laughs) Because he got a dressing room, right? (laughs) Let me say, let me take you to see what's back there. Um, Yeah, I mean that there's something to be said for that, right? And there is a, I don't know. I think that there is um, an enlightenment and like a reality check. That all of a sudden, you know, you have by seeing that that other people don't necessarily have. And so that could be like a sticker shock, right? Like that can be really, really shocking for, you know, a a new medical student who comes in and doesn't realize this is not like college, right? This is this is a whole new ball game. And, you know, the the old adage, right, that you're drinking, you know, from a fire hose and you're expected to know all of this information and people hear that analogy but they they don't get it they don't get it until they actually see it um and it's great if you can see it before you ever encounter it so that at least you can get over the shock and just get get on to the business of actually learning um you know while you're in medical school so yeah but um <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot, slides, right?
0: <laughs> right, a lot of slides. <laughs>
2: right.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. a lot of slides. Right. So, I mean, what was, what was your, did you have that, like that shocking moment, Jania, when you. Yes, mm-hmm.
1: yes, I did. Yes, I did. Because again, I didn't, I didn't know about SMA. I didn't have, you know, that mentorship and that guidance of, you know, just having somebody to kind of put you deep to what it really is like. And so it was a shock. It is not so much the information that's presented, because, you know, I think if you take the time and you, you know, you dedicate your time to your studies, like you can learn it. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? It's the amount of information in the, the volume you have. So that is where the analogy of it's like drinking water from the fire hose comes into play in three, four weeks when you have to learn an entire organ system. So yes. that's, you know, that, that was a, a shock for me. And I think that that is why it's so important to have our connection with, mm-hmm. you know, our SNMA chapters and our maps babies, because they can have that, you know, kind of big little relationship and that mentorship and guidance and, you know, MAPS, you know, students and people who are uh, in their gap years or postdoc students. They have the opportunity to connect with those chapters in those regions and ask those kinds of questions mm-hmm. and, you know, have that, have access. I think having access to just somebody yeah. that can take you along with, you know, take you along their journey, yep. And you know, although they are very busy students, you know, I think when you have somebody like me who knows what it's like to feel just misguided and you know really don't have a clue about how to get here, and you know, I'm taking all of these turns to try to to try to get to somewhere that I didn't know could have been much easier, easier. I guess. You know, <laughs> air quotes easier mm-hmm. or less windy if I had that you know, that person who was experiencing it and I guess showing me the rope. So Man. that's so important. And I just wanted to add to Logan's point about like, you know, making those connections with the SNMA chapters and regions. We have 10 regions at SNMA. And so if you are having trouble, you know, knowing which SNMA chapter to reach out to, if you are a student interested in MAPS, then, you know what I mean? you You don't know where to start. I think reaching out to your regional directors um, and their emails are listed on our website. That Mm -hmm. is a great place to start because they could connect you with the SNMA chapters, and we have our pre-medical board member who also has all the insights into who's who and what maps chapters we actually do have that are active and still going. So, I think it's it's really important to have that access and to really know what it's like before you get into it, and not so much that it's it's gonna you know make the time less <laughs> to our studying or anything but it you know that shock factor
0: mm-hmm. can play a
1: role in how you kind of digest your
0: experience going into yeah. it it can make it at, at the very least if it if it doesn't decrease the time it might decrease the pain right and i think i think that's actually important right because i think the pain of it you know you mentioned earlier that sometimes the failure isn't in applying and not getting in. Sometimes the failure is in, I just quit altogether and I just give up on my dream, you know? And unfortunately, I think we have much more of that than we can even account for, right? You, I mean, how do you capture those people, right? I mean, once they're gone, they're just gone. And so you, you, you just never get them back. You don't know who they are. Um and so yeah, I think that's really important. At least if we can decrease the pain of it, then maybe, maybe if you decrease the pain, then the challenges, the hurdles don't become something that becomes so discouraging that you lose all of these people, um, just because of a a hurdle.
2: Can I ask? Yeah, I think that your phrasing of pain, like easing the pain, is. Is a good way to frame it because what I think about being a pre-med and most people are either like first generation undergrad or first generation graduate school, Mm -hmm. you know, they're working with a lot of different, um, like being new to higher education. And so when you get hit with a bunch of things, you're like, oh, I didn't know that cost that much. Oh, I didn't know I had to do all this. I didn't know. Like nobody told me. So I think it gets overwhelmed. Yes, like you have so many big, like hurdles to get over, and so when somebody like is showing you the ropes, like you need to say, it's like, okay, that was a shock, all right, but now I know how to prepare for it. So right. it's a little bit more doable. The pain, I mean, it's still a hurdle, it's still something I'm gonna have to move over, but you know, now I, I had practice before you know I get there, so yeah. now I have a coach, you know, I have a mentor, I have somebody that's helping me so that I don't trip it over the hurdle and fall on my face and never get back up. Right. And so I think that's one of the things that um, minority students are facing. Is It's not just like, Oh, it's this thing. It's multiple things at the same time. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. That is serious. So.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that is the pain, right? Is that there's so many hurdles all at the same time. Some of them, maybe all of them very unexpected, and you're like, okay, well, then this is not doable. And it's like, no, it's doable, but you got to, you know, hit the target one at a time. You know, you just knock that out. Then you knock the other thing out. Then you knock the other thing out. And then it's doable. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, And I think that, you know, a lot of Black students, you know, don't necessarily get that information. They don't necessarily get that backstage pass. Um, that so many of our white counterparts might get. Um, and so again, like you said, it could it could be just very shocking and discouraging. So, um, and I know that there are going to be quite a number of physicians um who are at AMEC, I will be one of them, my husband will be another. Uh, there are gonna be quite a number of physicians there. Um now I have always said that, you know, if you were a part of SMA. Um and you become a physician, which is, you know, the, which is the goal, right? Then you should get back to SMA. Point blank period and a story like you should give back to SMA. And there are quite a number of ways to give back. We know this, right? Give your time, give your energy, give, give your effort. But we need people to get in money. <laughs> right? We need people to give their money. And so um, we said this on another episode, my husband and I, we've pledged $10,000 for this year because it is the 60th anniversary of the SNMA. and uh, So we will be giving um, $10,000 to the SNMA. I think my husband's going to make me work a few extra uh, shifts for that one. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm playing. It's um, so appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, tell us, you know, tell us what have been actually I'm gonna start with this because I know as, you know, someone who is a former board member, um, someone who still is very involved within the SMA, tell me what you guys think. Um, Jania, we'll start with you. What do you guys think is a challenge um, for the fact that because we know donations is always a hard thing to get. What do you think is the challenge um, that SMA has with getting donations from so many alum that have, you know, essentially used the SMA's resources And y'all know y'all have out there because you put it on your resume, on your little application. You know, you put it on your little application for residency that you were the estimate this, that, and the other. And you were, you know, hoping that that was going to be something that somebody caught on to. And that they were going to be like, wow, you know, you're a leader. You're this, you're that. But the question is, did, did you donate? Did you give back? So what do you think? I'm calling our audience out. So (laughs) what do you think is the challenge um, that SMA has with getting donations uh, from some of our esteemed alum?
1: Yes, I I would say, um, and and thank you for pointing that out. And first, you know, as us two are board members and we are, you know, ready for our 60th anniversary annual and I'm gonna come after y'all in a couple of years so I'm gonna look for y'all donations too so okay right this is the pre-call out (laughs) exactly so this is the pre-call out and we um you know as Dr. Darko mentioned you are giving to our cause for 600 for the 60th campaign and we so much appreciate it from you know speaking for our entire board of directors, our HQ staff, and our organization at large. We truly appreciate your commitment to the organization uh, and your financial commitment as well, because it definitely goes a long way um, and it won't go unnoticed. So we appreciate you for that, first and foremost. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, And so one of the challenges, to answer your question, I think is just keeping the relationship with our alum and making sure that we can actually get in touch with, you know, people who have gone through SNMA. I think once people leave SNMA and they match into residency, um, they're moving away. They don't have access to their old emails. And then mm-hmm. they go on and they find jobs after they are in residency and they might move again and have different emails. And so you kind of lose connection. So I think that our alumni database is something that is um, growing and improving over the years. And I think that's, that's probably one of the challenges is just like losing that contact with the SNMA, but that's on the SNMA's end. So I think as physicians, when you are in that stage, I think it's important to keep SNMA in mind that, Hey, I haven't really, you know, been involved with SMA. I did SMA and I know I have a lot going on uh-huh. as a busy physician and we can only imagine because I know it doesn't get easier, you get busier most likely. And I just think if you keep SMA in mind and you remember, Hey, I haven't heard from them in a while, or I don't, you know, I lost touch. Let me do the honor of like reaching out to right. SMA because they have given me so much. So I think, you know, Losing that connection and losing touch, um, those are probably a couple of the challenges. Yeah. Yeah. What about you,
0: Logan? What do you think? What do you find
1: to be one of
0: the challenges with alums kind of keeping in touch, donating to the SMA?
2: Yeah. I am, I'm not saying this is for sure, but I'm wondering if it's um, also, like, for example, like you said, when folks need touch, they're not really seeing how we're filling in the gaps for Black um, pre-medical and medical students. And so I'm wondering if I, like, our success with our programming and our scholarships and our benefits are reaching them because I can say for sure <laughs> that as a board member, I have put so many into SMA, okay? And um, mm-hmm. so I I know that from the, the student side, there is a lot that goes into it. And so I'm wondering, like, as you're no longer a student, and like you said, you kind of leave touch. It, it's like you know, in the back of your mind, the SMA is going to work, but maybe it's because you're not seeing the power mm-hmm. filling in the depth, that it's kind of like a distinct thought um, instead of being the forefront. Of the your forefront. Mind. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, you know, I think everything that you all said is true. Right. I think that there I think there's something to be said with kind of what we talked about before. The fact that. There are resources, but not everybody knows about it. Right. And then there's also the factor of, well, now that you've moved on to residency and you've kind of gone through, you know, all the things and you've gotten everything that you needed. You're like, okay, well, you know. I got this, you know, I can do this on my own now. Right. So then there's that factor of "Ah, I don't need this anymore, you know, Um, and then there's a whole, okay. now I'm just busy. You know, I'm part of other organizations. Maybe I'm part of my specialty organization. Maybe I'm going on to, you know, just move my career to the next level. And so that there's this there's this lack of remembrance, if you will, of what it took for you to get there um really really forgetting like all of the things that you put as extremely important at one point in time and now that you've gotten to where you Needed to get to, you're kind of like, all right, you know, <laughs> clean slate. Let's just, you know, let's just move on to the next level. Um, and so yeah, I think some of that, at least on the physician side, I think it does look like that, and certainly on the S and side, that there, you know, there are challenges in terms of, well, how do you capture those emails? How do you capture even phone numbers? Right, like just keeping those phone numbers. And I think nowadays, phone numbers are probably more valuable than emails i would say cuz most people will keep a cell phone for like years i know i've had my my cell phone number since i was in med school um and so you know there's there's that right keeping the database fresh um and really warm and reaching out to people and asking for those donations, right? Like that's one of the main reasons that many alums, not just SMA, but alums in general, you know, when they do like surveys and things like that, why haven't you given back to your alma mater, for example? And many times the answer is, well, nobody asked me, you know? And so there is this thing of, well, if you ask, you just might receive. So we are asking. You like the way I segued into <laughs> that, right? I love it. right, okay. I am asking every single SNMA alum out there. I am asking, right, for you to donate to the SNMA. We are asking a very specific amount, and I'm going to ask Jania to kind of go over again because you mentioned really quickly the six hundred for the 60th campaign. So we are asking for 600, $600. Y'all got $600. Stop playing. Okay. Our audience know they got $600. You spent $600 last week. Okay, I know you did. We're asking for you to spend $600 of this week and give it to the s So I'm going to allow Jania to give us Um, her spiel on the 600 for the 60th campaign um, and just tell us, you know, a little bit about that.
1: Yes. So thank you, Dr. Darko. (laughs) We are asking as the student national medical association that you heavily consider um, donating to our cause, which is 600 for the 60th campaign. You can definitely um, take the time to donate. And if you need any more information, please reach out to our headquarters staff or our chair at SNMA. But our 600 for the 60th campaign is that we are asking for the minimum to be $600 for your donation Mm -hmm. or more if you are so available to do that and have it on your heart. But all of this is going towards our mission. It will be going towards programming efforts, things to keep our organization sustained, um, our headquarters building. So everything SMA this is what the 600 for the 60th campaign is going towards. And it's not just up until our 60th anniversary AMEC, it right. is going to um, at the end of that. 60th In perpetuity.
0: Year.
1: Yes. Yes. So <laughs> we will be collecting donations and continuing to ask for donations after AMEC. Um, our goal was to have the 600,000 um, before AMEC. So Uh, I, you know, I, yes, let's do it. Let's, let's push for it. And honestly, um, you know, I, I think it's a great cause and I know it's a great cause because I'm somebody who benefits from any Mm -hmm. donation as a student of the student national medical association and a minority and underrepresented student in medicine. So we are asking you to donate towards our cause. There are different challenges. So I know there are different challenges that are going around. If you were on past boards, um, different boards are having different challenges. So, Uh you know, hopefully you're connected in that way. And if you did serve on a board nationally um, and you haven't received anything, just reach out and we can get you connected to contribute towards your boards. class. Yeah. Um And if you were a general member and you reap the benefits of SMA, we just highly encourage you to donate. And we are so grateful and appreciative of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So all y'all heard it, right? Like, so if you put SMA anywhere on your application for residency, you need to give up $600. Because <laughs> that was the benefit. Because if you didn't see it as a benefit, you wouldn't have put it on your application. Stop playing. Okay. Let's be real. Okay. Let's be real. Oh, thank you, Dr. Darko. I'm calling everybody out. No. I mean, I'm joking, but I'm not joking, right? And... Um, the reality is that so many of us out there have benefited, you know, from the SNMA, Um, you know, whether it was directly from a program or, like I said, you know, putting it down on your application to showcase that you were a leader and not just to showcase that you were a leader, but to actually get that that leadership mm-hmm. Experience, right? I always say SNMA is a training ground. Many of pe- many, many of the people who are leaders in the SNMA, whether it be at the chapter, regional, or national level, go on to be leaders in their specialty organizations or other organizations. And the training, part of their training, Was being in the SNMA and running that chapter, running that region, running, you know, the national board. And so, you know, that's that is something that I think oftentimes we don't necessarily consider a benefit, but it truly, truly is. Um, so it's not just an honor to serve, but you are definitely getting something out of it personally that you can take with you and move your own career forward and hopefully move whatever other initiatives that you are going to be working on in the future forward as well. So um, so like I said, folks, you know, if you are out there and you can give $600 or more to the SNMA, we're going to put the link in the show notes. Okay, we're going to be put the link in the show notes for those of you who are listening. At the very least, go to snma.org and you're going to see a little donate button. I believe it's on the right somewhere in there. Whatever. It says donate. Y'all can read. Okay, so go to snma.org and give there. And um, I don't care if you give Docs Outside the Box the credit or not for hearing it. I don't care. Even if you were on my board, I don't care. Just give 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 um and so that way we can continue on with the programming that SNMA has as you heard these two young ladies um they outlined for us there's so many programs that the students now can benefit from that maybe, you know, weren't even in existence. Like we talked about with the, with the post back initiative, they weren't even in existence when I was in school, but your donation can keep that program alive as well as just expand it beyond, you know, our wildest dreams. So I really hope um, that you will heed this, um, this plea for donation. Um, Now, before we go, before we go, Logan, uh, what was the highlight, you think, of your administration? Because you're outgoing while Jania is actually incoming. So I'm going to ask her a little bit of a different question. But what do you think the highlight of your year was as outgoing pre-medical board member?
2: <laughs> I would say the highlight of my year, I'm going to branch off of um, your mention of Essie doing being a training ground. 'Cause it's definitely like the army. Um, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. um I would say that I learned a lot about like how business is conducted that mm-hmm. um I thought I knew because this is not my first like nonprofit that I've been a reader a part of. But like I did not through I don't think I've ever been so involved in like the process of moving the movement. Having it in our um, policy and procedures and manual and editing that, like all of the things that you would need to, to honestly be a good um, business leader um, and just a good like leader. Period. I I don't think I've ever had that experience before. So having that true leadership um, training of being able to okay manage a room of forty people, you know, <laughs> and and bringing oh. up your ideas and being able to have that like back and forth, but still, you know, let's other At the end of the day, mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and and then seeing you know something come to fruition. So, like, um, we had an amendment where to our policy and procedure manual where guest students are recognized in the TPN, and um, that was something that I brought to the floor, and we had a lot of discussion about it. But it, it, I mean, after it was all and then I was like, that was a lot of labor, but that was kind of cool. I mean, you know, to see it like go from start to finish. Right. Uh, so I think that for me, the highlight is like, of course, it, I will always say it's the community and the bonding, but also something that I would say that I didn't really, I don't think I've ever experienced before is like that true biz- business, like uh, leadership training. I yeah. On being from the
0: board, so. Yeah, yeah. I think that that was that was definitely it for me. The year that I became pre medical board member was like, wow, okay, this is how a business is run. And at the time, I was also I was in medical school, but I was also um, in business school at the same oh. time. I was a dual degree student so it really just kind of helped to solidify a lot of the things that i was learning and i was like okay this is now like coming together so yeah so that that's a good thing and for you Jania i'm going to ask you in terms of now you are planning your year so i don't i don't know i mean So I know that at the SMA conference, you're going to be revealing. It's going to be the big reveal of what is your presidential agenda. Um, I don't know if you can give us a little sneak peek as to what is to come um, for next year so that we can, you know, celebrate you in St. Louis once you are outgoing.
1: So, Save the date for um, our annual medical education conference in 2025, and it will be hosted in St. Louis, and that's going to be April 15th through April 20th, 2025. Um, And so we're so looking forward to that. But at our AMEC 2024, our 60th anniversary AMEC, I will be presenting my executive agenda, for which I have presented already to the past presidents and to our board of directors and guests at our January National Leadership Institute. And the title of my agenda or the theme of my agenda is Soaring to New Heights, purpose, passion, and perseverance. And so in my executive agenda, you will see, you know, new ideas, but you also see that I really hold true to the foundation of the organization and things that have been working for us and improving those and keeping things the same. And also some new ideas to kind of help take the s to new heights. And so that's a little preview of our, <laughs> of my executive agenda. Um, and I'm still you know, just crafting out the little details and the edits Mm -hmm. and suggestions that um, were made to me um, from our great members, because, you know, this is something that I really want to, you know, help in as we go into the next 60 years of the organization and our annual medical education conference. I really want, you know, our organization to be taken to new heights. So I look forward to it. This has been an exciting um, year is national president elect. Uh, becoming president is quickly approaching our current mm-hmm. president. I have to shout her out. Um, Veronica Mize, soon to be doctor, yeah. <laughs> Veronica yeah. Mize. But she has been a great mentor and a great leader. And I have learned so much from her and many of the past presidents that I have had the opportunity. Of working with and talking to and kind of, you know, being a soundboard to help guide me through this transition as I become president of the National Medical Association. So I'm awesome. truly grateful for the opportunity and I look forward to, you know, serving this organization that has given me so much. So
0: awesome. Awesome. And we are looking forward to seeing everything that you have to offer um, in terms of your executive, in terms of your executive agenda, um and uh yeah, we're looking forward to next year twenty twenty four. But for this year, this year we are going to be Easter weekend, right? So every year the S May is Easter weekend. So if it's you know, if it's if Easter's in March it's in March. If it, if Easter is in April, then it's in April. So for those of you who are like, I want to go to the AMAC, I want to go to the annual medical education conference, but I don't know how to plan for it. At the very least, plan that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You can leave on Sunday um, on Easter weekend. Okay. So that's every single year. But um, thank you so much, ladies. This has been so much fun talking to you all. And um, for those of you who are out there listening and watching, remember, go to SMA.org um, to, to, to donate and to just see many of the programs that uh, these ladies have outlined here for us. Um, you can also follow them on social, SMA underscore official on Instagram. Is there any, any other place that you guys... Um, do I follow you guys on Instagram? So that's the one that I know the most. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any place else? Are you guys big on Twitter? We're not bigger on Twitter,
1: but. <laughs> we we do have a TikTok now. Um, okay. That was approved. We do have a TikTok and we have our Facebook page for SNMA as well. So those awesome. are our socials and we are very active on our Instagram, especially there's been some great work. So please do go and give us a follow or just to see what we are up to. I'm um, over here at SNMA.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Logan and Jania. And I am looking forward to seeing both of you at the conference this year. Um, me and I are going to be doing a little showcasing, um, in the exhibitors hall. So that'll be interesting. And we'll probably be doing some floor interviews and a little bit of a collab with the lounge, which is the SNMA podcast as well. So, um, looking forward to seeing you. Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having us, Dr. Darko. This was an honor. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you.